Ladies and gentlemen, Control Issues presents the 2020 Trolley Awards. Get that Peter Griffin. <laughs> yeah, so if you haven't noticed, this is the Trolley Awards. Also, the production is going to be a little bit different. This is a year of COVID, and you know, this year is all about things aren't worse, they're just different. And yeah. the Trolley Awards, the production value is going to be a little different, as you've noticed, the entire year has been as far as the show goes. But not worse. Yes. <laughs> yes, A Dub, this has been a big year. Um, so much, so many ups, so many downs, so many highs, so many lows. Uh, yeah, how do you how do you feel going into this Trolley Awards? You you feeling optimistic about the industry? <laughs> I'm definitely feeling optimistic about the industry, just given how they responded to the circumstances. So you know, that's that's one thing to look forward to. And you know, if you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, at least look in little spots and pick little markers along the way. It's like, all right, we got to that one. Now let's get to that one. Let's get to that one. Now let's get to that one. <laughs> yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. It was a year of uh, questions and then those questions being answered. Like, well, are, are the consoles going to come out? And then that question yes. gets answered. Is this yes. game going to come out? <laughs> and then that game releases. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of those details, but you want, you want to kick off the show, A-Dub? Absolutely. As you know, this time of the year, we do the Trolley Awards. We have categories. We trade off. We go head to head. But there always emerges a winner. First category, best indie game. So we actually got a list of nominees. It's a little tough because I haven't played a lot of indie games or just most of the indie games I played were from yesteryear. I mean, similar deal with AMC. And you just got Hades. Still ain't played. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, what we do with the trolleys is we try to go from experience rather than just comparing things that are out there, even if we hadn't taken the taste. So the nominees for best indie game are Forgone, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, Mm -hmm. The Last Campfire, Mm -hmm. Dungeon of the Endless. What, 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 what? And Void Bastards. Yes. <laughs> so a little more explanation. <laughs> I know a lot of these indie games are extremely old, but these also just hit the PS4 in 2020. So that's when we got to experience them and talk about them. So that's why they're in the running. And the winner for best indie game is... Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. What? Yeah, man. Uh, for from I played it extensively, played it to the completion, and just for wanting a sequel and just expecting it to be, you know, just a better version of the original. And you know how the original was. It wasn't you're not flying freely in space. You're just flying like forward and backward, left to right, but you're in space, quotations. So, you know, it was very used to that, was very used to the mechanics, wanted more. And double damage just hit it out of the park with Rebel Galaxy Outlaw because like I mentioned earlier, you're flying in 3D space. 
So you're in a ship, you're out there and you're just making the best of it any way you can. It feels great. It looks phenomenal. It's got plenty of content. They lovingly touched every single aspect of the original game and just made it as modern and fluid as they possibly could. I mean, the, the launch was a little sketchy just because there were some issues with the console version. You know, there were crashes and it was frequent enough to just be like, damn, I just got going and crash. I just got going crash. But the team over there, they, they listened to the criticisms. They put out patches at a regular pace and everything smoothed out by the time I got to the finish. And yeah, for me, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, not only was it something that I waited a long time for, but it's also something that lived up to and exceeded all the potential hype I could have had for it. So that's rare these days. Double damage. Excellent job. We'll send you your statue. Just send us your address. Then we're moving on to category number two. Yes, yes, yes. Right here, we got a dub, the biggest moment of the year, um, or AMC's holy crap moment of the year. <laughs> this is a new category, yeah, but a necessary one. Yeah, um, you know, I just look at it as like, this is part award show, part year in review, and you got to have the biggest moments because there are these announcements that happen during the year where people's heads are blown. There are all these, but what does this mean reaction to it? <laughs> that was my favorite. Yeah. The, these are the moments where our show, I'll say shines because we take this information and we give a little perspective in a way where it's not the sky's falling, but it's also not a guarantee that this thing is going to change the industry and everything is going to become this moving forward. We're, we're the more level-headed, if you would say, type of show. Um, so yeah, let's get right into the nominees for the biggest moment of 2020. Oh. First nominee, next-gen console releases. Oh. Yeah, this is a big one. I mean, we've been waiting for this moment. We started getting, we were waiting for the dates. We we're waiting to see what the consoles look like. Then there's all the marketing that follows, all the specs, all the, how the controllers, how does it hold up once the people get it in their hands. All this goes into what I believe to be the next-gen console release. Next, next nominee for Biggest Moment. Zinimax Media Acquisition by Xbox Game Studios. Ooh, this is a big, big. one. That's yeah. a big one. Yeah, a ton of games, a couple developers, a couple developing studios. Um, this is what does this mean for Game Pass? What does this mean for games that were pre-ordered already on PlayStation? Um, and yeah, how does this how does this affect the console war moving forward? So yeah, this was a, a big discussion and a lot of speculation. So it had to be in there. Um, the next biggest moment in uh, of 2020, this being the release of Cyberpunk. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so much going here with the uh, with the delays, the talks of crunch, um, everything that went into then the actual launch of the game, and the promises, the promises, <laughs> and the reactions <laughs> to once people got hands on and the secrets. The varying experiences based on which platform you got your hands on, the uh, you know the the review 
I guess, embargo, <laughs> uh, depending if you're on console or PC. Uh, there's a lot going on here. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Cyberpunk had to be on this list. Next nominee, Animal Crossing Sales. Uh, this one, the silent giant or just this is the giant on the Switch that you wouldn't normally expect when it comes to, you know, like Mario, Zelda, and then you throw out Animal Crossing. Like, what are the biggest franchises, the biggest IPs on of Nintendo? And everybody's looking forward to the release of Animal Crossing, but then when it released, it just became a movement. And so, yeah, just a couple of numbers here. 26 million units sold of Animal Crossing. Uh, in just nine months, it's already the second best-selling game on the Switch. Uh, it's only the second best game on the Switch. That's yeah. crazy. And it's nine months for a console that's been out for a couple years now. Uh, so yeah, you, you can't ignore the the beast that is Animal Crossing. Um, and then, yeah, just so much social media. On top of that, um, China trying to shut it down so that you can't put propaganda in the game. Mm. <laughs> so much going on with, with Animal Crossing. Can't ignore this. Uh, and the last nominee in the biggest moment of 2020, The Last of Us 2 Leaks. Um, you want to talk about this one? You want to talk about this one, Adev? Uh, just a little bit. I mean, if if you don't know, I don't know where you were, how you're listening to this show. But yeah, so one of the most anticipated games of the year. I believe this also suffered a couple of delays. The Last of Us 2 finally coming around. We're getting to that, that home stretch of the last few months. And then the asteroid bursts through the clouds and slams into the Earth's crust. Yes, yeah, some there I don't know of the validity of the details of the leak, but info did in fact leak. They were saying it was a disgruntled employee. And yeah, it completely changed the tone in the air around the conversation about not only Naughty Dog, but also of The Last of Us 2. So that lasted even to this day. It's just ripple effects. It's tainting other conversations. Uh, the, when those leaks hit, everything changed for 2020 in the gaming space. So that's why The Last of Us Two Leaks are a nominee. And so for the winner, biggest moment of 2020, the winner goes to next-gen console releases. Woo-hoo! Yeah, no, um, <laughs> golf clap. Uh, yeah, let's see. Um, next-gen console releases, this is why is the winner. Um, you know, it's the backdrop for everything. Everything exists. Um, everything that's being discussed is impacted by the next-gen console releases, whether it's Miles Morales, Cyberpunk, um, how is it going to play on the next-gen versus the current-gen? It ended mm -hmm. up being a big deal with mm -hmm. the, the reaction to it. Uh, yeah, just um, everything leading up to it as far as Sony and wanting... Uh, Gamers wanting to see the actual hardware. How does this console look? Um, are the specs going to hold up? And then, you know, how does it compare to my high end PC? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does it do 1440p? <laughs> yeah. And then just everything up until the actual release, then where you have the consoles just being sold out somewhat uh, just due to underproduction, some of it due, due to scalpers just buying up all the consoles and trying to resell it and make a little money. Um, 
yeah, like COVID, the biggest questions of COVID were all related around the console releases because when you think about software, you can download all that shit digitally, but when it comes to hardware, somebody needs to make it and you can't have a whole factory of people all bunched up together, putting parts together so that us kids can go out and us kids can go out and play. <laughs> hey, fellow kids. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, um, I mean, everything is just centered around the next gen console release. It's going to be the story moving forward as more people get their hands on it more games come out um yeah so you you had to give the wink and nod to the next gen consoles yeah they're they're a big deal i mean i even had my mom talking to me like is there any way you can get one i'm trying to help my friend like what (laughs) (laughs) she's trying to get one for her son i was like okay like dang everybody wants one yeah it's absurd. Literally everybody and their mama. <laughs> it's it's the first time I've ever seen a console listed on like StockX where they normally trade shoes and Supreme apparel. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's just it, on my Facebook feed. It's, it's I mean, we're also at a point in time where we are oversaturated with information. So it only makes sense that the marketing and the the resale marketing of the new consoles would just create a vacuum that no amount of other news could possibly fill. Yeah. So for the next category, a dub, yes. we have, Ooh, we got an oldie, but a goodie tired troll takes. Ooh. So in case you're wondering what the tired troll takes are, these are the things that the trolls bring up with every, with every game when they're trying to figure out, why a game will not be successful, why it's going to be dead on arrival, why we shouldn't put our support behind it, why it's overhyped. They always result to these these catchphrases that they can always use as a reason to why something will fail. And so we have uh, a couple every year. Um, the idea behind the nominees are, these are things that were disproven by the release of a game, um, a change in the industry, the purchasing habits of gamers in general. Um, yeah, just certain certain information that comes out with the release of the game that makes this take played out. And so the first nominee for Tired Troll Takes A-Dub is RIP Single Player. And so when you look at that, um, everybody's always saying it's all about multiplayer games. That's where the industry is going. That's games all putting as a out. service games as a service uh live games um nobody wants multiplayer everybody just wants single player and then you look at some of the games that came out this year and this is just these are some of the heavy hitters not including the indie games and everything else beyond that but ghost of tsushima hades doom eternal the last of us 2 final fantasy 7 remake just to name a few all huge single player games that um dominated the headlines dominated sales and just if you were looking for a good single player experience then you have a couple of different styles of game you got a roguelike you got a first person shooter you got a you got a movie game <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah and then you got even like yeah japanese open world game something that we have not seen and so ever. yeah yeah ever so so many different Weeps styles of games um yeah so rp single player on some bullshit. Uh, let's see. Next nominee, entire troll takes this one going to go woke, go broke. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. every, every, see, what is it? Every game 
where you was it going back to Mass Effect Andromeda? Um, trying to think of some other games. I think of even before that, but I think that might have been the earliest one. Yeah, it's just because they pe- took out the hot female character and made it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do you want to explain uh, "Go Woke, Go Broke"? Adam? Yeah, "Go Woke, Go Broke" is it's one of those just distilled, pure, concentrated trolling one-liners that comes around every so often, and. What this one is insinuating is that when developers take into account like diversity or other kind of cultural issues when making their games, that those games aren't going to be successful or thus go broke. So go woke, go broke. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then the last nominee for the tired troll takes goes to console wars. Um, This is why (laughs) this is console wars are in there. You know, people still, they'll always have their like, this is the camp I'm in. This is where I plant my feet and I stand my ground. Um, and so, yeah, that's always going to exist. But, you know, like going back to what, like South Park and doing an episode on console wars, um, really the PS3, like was it PS3, Xbox 360, then moving into the PS4, Xbox One generation. These This is the height of the console war. But then you see like as PS5 gets announced, the Xbox series gets announced and then even the success of the switch and you see like a lot of the articles start to come out and kind of say like the idea of the console wars is kind of kind of dying out just in the fact that the philosophy with these companies they're all starting to differ where they're not as much going head to head and you see this with xbox series um with xbox announcing the series s and the series x saying that we're going to have this entry point console that's cheaper that's not going to have the strength of the x but it's a it's a way for people to get in with a with a smaller investment, and then you have obviously Sony saying we're gonna have the most powerful console and we don't give a fuck about what y'all think. Y'all gonna pay and y'all gonna like it. But then they also put out the digital console too, and then you have the Switch, which is a weaker console, but then still happens to be the most or at least highly successful console. And even in the release of the PS5, the launch month of the PS5 and Xbox, um, MPD releases that there is actually a tie between the Switch and the PS5 in sales and that the PS5 uh, produced the most dollar amount of, of units sold, but produced the most the highest dollar amount. But then the, the Nintendo Switch ended up selling the most units. Damn. And so you see people are just out buying consoles um, regardless of what camp they're in. A lot of people own two consoles. And so, yeah, the idea that people have one console and this is the only console to rule them all is just been a thing that's been slowly dying out. As it needs to. Yes. Yes. And so the winner A-dub of Tired Troll Takes goes to Go Woke, Go Broke. <laughs> so... Um, you know, The Last of Us 2, this is the one that I would say is the uh, the dagger in the heart of this movement um, in that everybody tried to say that, you know, what the first the first trailer of The Last of Us 2, uh, the first big trailer, we'll say um, we see well, Ellie making out with uh, her girl. And people are like, <laughs> oh, like they're, they're putting it in our face. Like, this is all they really <laughs> care about. Yep. <laughs> and then. Everybody speculating then with the uh, the leaks that this game was just dead on arrival. They're making all the wrong decisions story wise, yada yada yada. The game releases and it sells over four million copies within its launch, uh, 
within the initial launch and becoming the fastest selling PlayStation 4 exclusive. And then <laughs> you know, just moves on to sell millions of copies. Um, I believe it's around like four or five in the best selling games of the year so far. Um, and yeah, it's uh, the idea that you can't have, I guess, what are we going to say? A social justice, an LGBTQ character. Progressive as, issues. A, a progressive character as the lead and and still put out a good game. Um, yeah, you you played it, A-Dub. Speak on The Last of Us 2. It's phenomenal. It's easily one of the best games of the year. It, you could arguably say it is the best game of the year. People are going to have different opinions, but if your opinion includes having that one, it's one of the best then your opinion is valid because it's, it's gorgeous. It's, it gives you like openness as well as that linear corridor to continue to go down. Like you can go off the rails a little bit, but you're always being directed forward. The performances are outstanding. It definitely went in directions that I didn't expect. So that's always welcome. It was it kind of dragged a little bit, but I feel like that was also a part of the experience because just with the theme of the story and the different perspectives you're offered, it, as the characters themselves become exhausted, the player becomes a little bit exhausted in kind. And I don't, I'm not saying that as a negative, I'm saying that as a positive. So, you know, if going woke results in games like The Last of Us 2, where you have powerful narratives, where you have powerful performances, high quality visuals, and some of the best gameplay I've ever had in a game of this kind, then going broke is not in your future, and neither is this line. Get it out of here. <laughs> and now we move on to the next category. Most troll. Yeah. <laughs> You've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> yeah, man. Been waiting for this one. So most troll, you guys know this category. We've had this ever since the first annual trollies, and we're carrying on the tradition. This is when we give the award to the to the just most slandered just coal raked tarred feathered entity there is in the gaming industry there's always one every year because the angry mobs gotta have their sacrifices these are the nominees first nominee naughty dog there's <laughs> <laughs> always Spe a developer yeah Specific i mean it, this could go a bunch of ways just naughty dog neil Druckmann himself uh, the last of us two as a game and a form of entertainment is <laughs> all different ways i mean once once the leaks hit and we got close to the release date of the game. It's conspiracy theories started flying. There were just raging arguments over the internet, just thousands and thousands upon comments of raw, unbridled bickering and name calling of like a, a homophobe here, a, a, what, <laughs> a, a shill there, a bigot over around the corner. Like it was just, it was very bad for a long time. It's still pretty bad. It's still pretty toxic. There were personal attacks against Neil Druckmann himself. People calling for him to be fired. <laughs> oh, man. It's, 
it was an absolute mess. It still is. But you know what? We keep moving forward and we'll do that with the next nominee. We're going to say Cyberpunk next nominee. <laughs> so there was immense hype for this game ever since day one when it was announced before the PS4 and the Xbox One even released to the wild. We get to the end of the console generation. Suddenly things are getting a little rocky. We're getting, we're getting delays. I mean, I know at the beginning they told us that it'll be ready when it's ready. So this is probably in keeping with their mantra. Then uh, the red flags start popping up. There's a review embargo. They're only doing the PC version on day one. What's going on? I don't know. I don't know. Suddenly people remark that they haven't seen the console editions yet. It's like, wait a minute, something's amiss here. And then we get to the release. That's when everything comes to light. That's when we find out that the performance on the base consoles isn't really up to par. It's pretty bad. Game's pretty buggy, has performance issues. How did we not see this? Did they hide this from us? Uh, next thing you know, you fast forward, there's apologies, there's refunds. Uh, Sony and Microsoft are getting involved. And then we get to the lawsuits. <laughs> yeah, so this situation with CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk rapidly spiraled out of control. It is still on the rise. If it was stock, I would advise somebody to invest in it because you're going to make your money back. <laughs> Next most trolled nominee, Sony. <laughs> hey, AMC, you want to fill the people in a little bit on what's going on with Sony being nominated for most trolled? Yeah, uh, this is... I mean, just throwing dirt on Sony's name. And this is all be due to speculation. Um, goes back to an earlier category being um, the next-gen console releases. And Sony, yeah, they they have one of the biggest, if not the biggest console in the PS5 coming out in, by comparison. And people have been throwing dirt on their name, basically. First, it's we don't see the console. So then people are like, I, I don't think it really exists. Like, we need to actually <laughs> see the console to know that this is actually a thing. I want to see a teardown. Yeah. Um, then you see the console and there's obviously the discussion about like one, the look of it and then how, how big it is. Like it's it's humongous and it looks like a server. Like <laughs> it looks it looks like a I think I saw like it looks like my my fan, <laughs> like even my it room. It looks like an air purifier. Yeah. <laughs> um and then, yeah, uh, on top of that, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of comparisons to the PS3 generation and mainly the PS3 release Sony. And people are trying to say, like, one, this console is going to be overpriced because the PS3 was overpriced. So that means that the PS5, for some reason, needs to be overpriced. Mm-hmm. Um then there's the discussion like like sony's just too arrogant like they don't care about the gamers they're not connecting with the gamers anymore (laughs) and like granted like a lot of this has to do with like some of the marketing not necessarily directed at sony but in comparison to sony from microsoft when it comes to game pass and the value proposition and all that 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 entails and and then coming out with even like a cheaper console and so people are just thinking that sony's on some arrogant like you need to get two jobs shit again when it comes to releasing <laughs> a console. 
and then yeah and then you just talk about like maybe even like the fact that like there's some spill off from even like naughty dog with like with the last of us Two release and just their games in general it's like oh they make the same style of games it's all first person games that are movie games and yada yada and so sony's just taken a lot of heat as if like they haven't been running the show and won't continue to run the show moving forward like they haven't they haven't put out a bad game that would make people jump ship it's just people basically trying to say that they're tired of sony even though they all went out and bought PS5s and they're upset that there's not enough PS5s out there in the wild. Um, and so yeah, play, Sony play Hayden from the sidelines. It's like, you're not in the game, but you're on the court. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, like it's, uh, it's everything that people are trying to tear down just a juggernaut within the industry. And it just keeps moving forward because you can't stop the juggernaut, as he said in, in the movie and in the cartoon. The immovable so, yeah. object, the irresistible force. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's why Sony is just on this list, and especially because of the fact that there was so much speculation. And then when the consoles did come out, they met all expectations, if not more and then some. And so, yeah, it's a lot of hate thrown at that company for no reason at all. And so, yeah, that's why Sony is a nominee. Yeah. And now the winner for most trolled goes to Naughty Dog, The Last of Us, <laughs> Neil Druckmann. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the award goes to Neil Druckmann. Yeah. <laughs> Above all else, yes. So this goes out to the to the whole team. Because uh we hear control issues, we sympathize with what you're going through. It's reached the point of outrageousness rather rapidly and it hasn't tapered off at any point throughout the years since the game came out. Uh, it's unnecessary. I'm pretty sure I said that. It, yeah, it's, man, when you get to the point where people are looking for Easter eggs in the game, where you, you know, probably lovingly, playfully place a trading card that has a variation of your last name, Druckmann, Dr. Uckman, <laughs> that's the car. You give yourself an intelligence stat and people lose their shit over it. That's when you know you get most trolled. AMC, you got anything to add? Yeah, I mean, if you look at just the uh, other nominees within the category, it's you look at the release of Cyberpunk 2077 and as much as Cyberpunk was trolled, People saying it's overhyped. It's got Keanu Reeves. Uh, the game is dead on arrival. It's not going to be This is why good. you don't pre-order. Yeah, like there is, there is enough trolling to for the to justify them being in the category. But the fact that they did f fumble the bag at the launch, and yeah, um, CD Projekt Red screwed up in their own way, and so they they have to be. They're, they have to be accountable for some of the reaction that this game has been getting post-launch. Anything before launch, I mean, outside of the, um, the transphobia comments with the marketing and yeah. the, the crunch stuff, that, once again, that's kind of on them, but, you know, crunch is always debatable. And then the, the delays. promises. <laughs> yeah, and then the delays. I mean, you try to delay a game to make it better. Um, and unfortunately, they still put out a, a subpar product. But, I mean, some of it is them trying to just, it's just them operating as usual and getting hate as opposed to them then eventually screwing it up. And so, yeah, I mean, Cyberpunk, CD Projekt Red brought it on, them, brought it on themselves. You look at Sony, 
I, I look at this as somewhat disingenuous. People, they're going to shit on Sony, but ultimately when the games are there, they're going to go out, they're going to buy it, they're going to buy those games, and they'll have their opinions on maybe that the Xbox is a better console or the Switch is a better console, but they're still buying the Sony games and playing them, and then they're just saying that, well, I like these games on this console better. So it's a little disingenuous, that argument. Naughty Dog, this is the one where I feel like people actually genuinely hate Naughty Dog. Like, it's not a, um, <laughs> we're just trolling. Like, I think people are, whether it's the whole woke thing, uh, the throwback to the fact that, you know, go woke, go broke, Neil Druckmann gets a promotion <laughs> after yep. the release of The Last of Us 2. Uh, the Last of Us 2 gets a TV show. Um, so it's continuing to do well and and just branch off into these other areas. And yet people are trying to just bury it. The leaks... The leaks in a way like they gave a head start like they got out the blocks early in comparison to the people who are going to be fans of the last of us Two, the trolls they got the leaks and then they ran with the leaks and tried to use that as a justification for why the game was bad before anybody got their hands on it and so it just seemed like there was a hit job behind this game and it failed miserably because the game ended up selling well and will be one of the games that defines at least the generation for Sony. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things that they've done nothing wrong, but make a good game and people try to penalize them despite that. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious, man. It's yeah. just, Oh, probably the top awarded game of the year the Neil Druckmann promoted to co-president of Naughty Dog while bringing up <laughs> while bringing up two like co-directors in his wake that he'll also be imparting his wisdom upon look forward to that haters <laughs> <laughs> uh last of us two selling millions upon millions HBO ordering a season of the last of Us show <laughs> yep yeah so you know He's getting the response that is commensurate with the effort and the care put into the product. So you could hate from the ground, but up on the mountaintop, he's just getting the spoils and the plunder from his conquest. You can hate me now. <laughs> with that playing in the closet, <laughs> gold showering. He's in like white linen. You can see like his silhouette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man <laughs> puffy yawn in the background <laughs> do it now <laughs> man puffy he has to get an honorary trolley uh, people, yeah. was trolling, people were trolling puffy yeah. well, puffy was he was doing his thing he was stacking his chips <laughs> hey, living the life he wants to live doing the damn thing <laughs> yeah man that's that's the power of positive thinking in the flesh. Yeah. But now we get to our final category. The big category. The best, the juiciest, the firmest, the realest, the rawest. <laughs> Game of the year. AMC, you want to break it down for the people? Yeah, so to set this up, Game of the Year, um, for a couple of years now, we've decided that A-Dub and I, we have our own separate choices. You know, some other outlets, they decide to just all come into agreement on one game that they all liked. And, you know, it kind of, I feel like doing that somewhat waters down the impact for 
your personal game of the year because you then have to agree on this one thing that you both experienced and came to the same conclusion on. And especially once it got to the point where A-Dub and I weren't really playing the same games, then we just decided, you know what, we're just going to have our own game of the years. And so to set that up, A-Dub, you want to lead off? What is your game of the year? Even to this moment, I'm kind of wrestling with which one I'm going to pick. You and me. (laughs) (laughs) It's... It's tough because there's one that I know I have to say, but there's one I want to say. So I'm going to go with the one that I want to say, which is Ghost of Tsushima. Okay, so what what was it up against? It was up against The Last of Us 2. And that's real tough because I, I think they both deserve it for different reasons. However, I believe that Ghost of Tsushima just has a wider and more... I guess, unique set of circumstances that contributed to not only its success, but the highly polished new IP that it is. All right, when you look at The Last of Us 2, it's a follow-up to uh, one of the most critically acclaimed games of all time. It's one of the most anticipated games. It's It's one of the pinnacles of what's possible with last generation hardware being the PS4 and the Xbox One. Uh, it, it has the highest production quality I've ever experienced in a game. Like it, it takes care of all the little, the details and the animations and just the things that make a game feel more like an experience than I've ever seen. Like it's truly a masterpiece of modern gaming and it's something that if you're not going to play for yourself, I think you should at least like watch it a little bit and just see it in motion because the last of us two is outstanding. However, those are things that you expect to come along as games are being made. Like there's going to be those new classics, those new masterpieces with ghost of Tsushima. We have developer sucker punch, which is known for making Sly Cooper, making the infamous franchise. And up until Ghost of Tsushima, nobody really looked at them as like, oh, I can't, like, their their next game might be the big one. So Ghost of Tsushima came out of nowhere. They took on a region and a time period as Western developers that just nobody does outside of Japan. They did it so well that they got praise from Japanese developers and formed, like, partnerships in on the Tsushima islands to help with tours and things like that, because people are becoming interested in that region of Japan because of the game. I believe it was the fastest selling new IP for Sony this generation. Um, It's, it took on a combat system that was only done in two games previous, that being Sekiro and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. So, all this stuff was working at the same time. It was just, it was new and it looked amazing. It had just the perfect cinematic quality. It did the, the hudless display where you're following organic elements in the environments like the foxes and the wind, or you're going off of visual cues, audio cues. It was just, and it was done so beautifully well. I believe just, because this amazing game came out of nowhere from an unexpected source and and was as good as it was, it deserves the nod. So that's my personal game of the year. AMC, what you got? 
Well, a dub. We could have done this category together because AMC's game of the year is also Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, <laughs> we're back in sync. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this is one. Okay, so this is the game that I needed on launch day. I, I haven't had that feeling like in a while, especially this generation. Like where there games like I know I want to play them. I know they're gonna be amazing, yada yada, but I don't need to play them day one. Ghost of Tsushima upon announcement, upon on site. Yeah. I was like, I gotta, I gotta play that game. Bugs be damned. If, if it's only, <laughs> if it's only a day one patch, I just need to play this game no matter what. I just need to get my hands on it. Um, and so yeah, Ghost of Tsushima was that game that had immediate appeal. I mean, you put it, you put everything well, you put everything together so well already that I want to really have to rehash any of that. But I will speak from a philosophical standpoint on why I love it. In comparison, it was so for me, it was up against Doom Eternal, which was also an incredible game great first person shooter great action incredible story everything that I, you want from a doom game and literally up until an hour before the show doom eternal was my game of the year and then i just hit a, i was just sitting there drinking my coffee and you know staring off into space as theo does his thing and i was just th- sitting there and i was like yeah it's got to be ghost of Tsushima. it has to be ghost of Tsushima. and the reason why is one i've played doom and so Doom Eternal, it's a better game. And Doom was my game of the year. But Doom Eternal, it's it's a better version of that game, but it's still very much Doom. And so it's an incredible experience. It's very fun. Everything that I wanted it to be, it did that and then some. But Ghost of Tsushima gave me something new, gave me something different. And just looking at it, it's literally a game that's a dream come true and i can't say that about doom eternal because i know like when you listen to this show and dub and i will will discuss something like mandalorian and we'll be like why don't they make this into a game like we already have this this and this and now you just put this into the game and when i look at ghost of tsushima it's ari love Ari love open world games. And so then we always do that. So why not now take this foundation and then give it this world as the backdrop, as as the uh, playground to work within. And we had always discussed how just Japan, Samurais, that's something that needs to happen and it hadn't happened. We'd gotten ninja games, but we ain't gotten a samurai game. We got kind of close with Neo, but you know, there's demons and all that shit. So it's it's still not quite the game. Sekiro, almost there, but as as mentioned, also gets a little magic-y, things like that along those lines. Um, and then you get the announcement of Ghost of Tsushima and it's the perfect marriage of this thing that I like with this thing that I've been asking for blended together and then done well. And you get into just the care that they put in with the black and white mode, the subtitles, all that stuff. Um, it just shows that they wanted to, to make the right game for, for this particular audience. And this is a game that not quite there. It could have been in the most trolled category with the whole, oh, this is just an Assassin's Creed clone. Oh, this game I feel like is getting put out uh, to die. It's being, <laughs> it's going to get buried by the Last of Us 2 sales and all that shit was just 
put the rest. I mean, there are still those Assassin's Creed people out there. They can go fuck themselves. Um, they're, but, they're, sh- they're shriveling up and dying. Yeah, because the success of this game, I mean, you already laid out the the numbers and just all the, the accolades and the highlights, um, the career highlights, and, and it's still growing. And on top of that, you then get an update for multiplayer and things along those lines. So the narrative of this game, the narrative that was surrounding this game pre-launch was completely put to rest at launch and it's been so positive that yeah you can't throw this into the most trolled category because anybody who was hating on it they've kind of slipped away and even in some cases as we saw with the game awards uh people ended up using ghost of tsushima as a way to try to knock down the success of the last of us 2 with the whole what was it with the uh the fan vote and people <laughs> getting behind Ghost of Tsushima yeah. to, the, to make sure that Last of Us 2 doesn't win the fan vote. Um, it was like the only place where that happened. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so you see like uh, that narrative shift. And so because of that, it, it can't get most trolled. And yeah, the game is, is done, has done everything right so well. It's an experience I'll never forget. And because of that, it has to get game of the year for AMC. Yes. So we're back in sync. We have similar reasoning, just like the other. The other games are great, but they're they're either supposed to be or they're just building on something that already is there. Like Ghost of Tsushima, it was like you said, it was fresh. It was it was that it was like cracking open Demon Souls for the first time and stepping a, into that. Is there a moment when you got your hands on like a certain thing while playing it where you're just like? Yep, that's it. That's that's why this game is incredible. I mean, it it would have had to have been an encounter sometime after the introduction. Like once you get put into the open world proper, it may have even been a duel. Once that was going on, it was like, oh my god, this is like a (laughs) duel. This is this is it. Like it's kind of it's kind of two D, so it's kind of like Bushido Blade, but at the same token, you're still moving around each other. You're you're switching. You're switching sides as you're blocking and deflecting and then eventually you just start getting in them it was like that first real tough duel with a ronin and yeah man it's just the sword clashing the dodging the timing seeing the unblockables seeing the the powerful butt blockables and taking <laughs> of them. oh man and then once you get dialed in was, i believe um i was playing on hard and yeah just getting my ass kicked. But then eventually I saw it and I started performing the way that needed to be performed. Once I got that clean session where I wasn't taking any, any damage, it was like, this is it. (laughs) This is what I've been waiting for. Uh, What was it for you? Yeah. uh, For me, it was, um, I was taking Ah. one of the Mongol base bases. And I guess this is one of the, one of the main ones because so every now and then you'll go into a base and you see like a captain doing moves and you can choose to observe him or you fight him and you take him out and yada yada but he's like kind of part of the world like he's fighting amongst the minions but it was the first time i was taking a base and after i took everybody out then you see like that great con captain come out and it goes into a duel with you and the captain and i like i'll i remember i had that fight and yeah very similar to what you're saying it was having that duel and the back and forth of the duel where it's not like uh, I got the upper hand, got off a couple slices and he's dead. It's like, he gets the upper, he gets the advantage and then I get the advantage 
And then he gets the advantage. And then I start figuring out his movements. And then I'm just blocking, parrying, countering, doing everything right. And it's just like, oh, like I'm, I can feel myself getting better at this game in this one fight alone. And okay. then when the fight's done, like everything's said and done, like I just, I remember just like kind of like almost having, like, didn't quite put the controller down to soak it in, but I was I I had to like just sit back and just be like, that was fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, it's yeah the game that in a way I mean other games have done this, but just the talk of scene painting I think hadn't really been discussed as much in this generation until Ghost of Tsushima came out, and because there's just so many moments and fight sequences and whatnot where it's just you you're having an out-of-body experience where you're you're playing but you're also then watching yourself play the game you're like i'm dodging i'm I'm stepping aside having the guy to the back moving forward like (laughs) switching stances all that stuff and the big thing is i'm not getting touched (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly and yeah and so this game did so much right that like uh and then with the char- the side characters, all that side content, really enjoying all that. It's the game that I'd been asking for and delivering in a way that I was hoping I hadn't expected. I was hoping and then exceeding those expectations. Absolutely. Man. <laughs> um, yeah. To close out the show, though, uh, how uh, for you? How do you look at this year gaming wise? I mean, we got the consoles, we got Ghost of Tsushima, we got The Last of Us. Like when you just look back at this year, what do you what are your takeaways? Uh gaming is not only recession proof, but it is also pandemic proof. In fact, it only grows stronger in the event that people are forced to stay home and not do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, people really love Animal Crossing. It's <laughs> it's also because of the situation that we're still in. You also get to see it more realistically where the concentrations of gamers are. I believe like We Fit was still selling, not We Fit, but like a, what is it, Twitch Fit or whatever it is, Switch Fit. Oh, the Ring Fit Adventure. Ring Fit, yeah, <laughs> Ring Fit Adventure. That's selling out the door. Just all kinds of games that you wouldn't expect were really selling. So it was nice to see like the kind of people who are joining the fold, as they would say. And lastly, just the one thing that I always appreciate every time a new game comes out or a new console comes out is that gaming continues to get better and better and better with no sign of letting up. So I'm just enjoying the ride, looking forward to the next new favorite game I'm going to have, you know, giving time for games that perhaps needed a little more time in the oven to to catch up to what they were supposed to be which is something that you know you can't take for granted these days like imagine imagine if cyberpunk came out the way it came out and that was it yeah. <laughs> like oh well too bad <laughs> no so that game it's going to have it's going to have a better life somewhere down the road we'll see by the end of february what that looks like. So, you know, I just try to stay positive, see the positives, note the good things that are happening, ignore the bad things because what's the point of giving them your energy? How about you, AMC? Yeah, the central theme, I would have to say, kind of building on what you're saying for me when I think about this year is, yeah, resilience. Um, That's a good one. Yeah, the resilience of the industry to 
work with work in a terrible situation and to still provide content like we see the importance of gaming in in a time like this where people are asked to stay home and they have to figure out ways to uh, pass that time and we see how gaming can help a lot of people who might have dropped into maybe a depressive state to kind of get from moment to moment by losing themselves in a great video game uh the resilience of as we discussed with naughty dog and ignoring the haters um people trying to tell them that they need to be doing stuff differently they need to go back to what they were bring back these creative heads to work on their games and yet games their games continue to do well they they continue to be the topic of discussion um and a week topic of the week and yeah and you see the uh the promotions and yeah of uh, neil Druckmann and just all those all those highlights and achievements from them and so just pushing past all the the hate and then even continuing on with uh sucker punch as a developer sucker, did you say sucker punch sucker punch <laughs> sucker punch that's uh, a rival studio <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh and just looking at them and with their last game being was it infamous infamous uh second son and <laughs> you you just got to bring up Delson the dude. Huh? Yeah. And I mean, but it's like, yeah, it's their last game. They, they put out infamous second son. You don't really hear much about them and you don't really know what to expect from them uh, in their next game. And they decide to go completely different, go with a new IP. Don't stop dipping into the well, do something completely different, um, go to a completely different culture. And people tried to they tried to come at them with the was it the flute guy they're like oh like this yeah. is cultural appropriation <laughs> he's like one of the only two people in the world who know how to play that instrument and the other guy was booked yeah and <laughs> you see them you see them come out try to do something different and even with the criticisms with uh yeah the assassin's creed and all that stuff brought up earlier they end up putting what is almost guaranteed to be a game to get a sequel now just because due to the success if anything it it might worry you as an infamous fan that you might not see another infamous game for a while because the focus might be on getting out another ghost sushima style game a continuation or just something still within the region of japan but maybe in a different time period so um yeah them doing something different and you know coming out on top it's uh you're just seeing people sticking to their guns adapting and we'll see what happens with cd project red um we've seen as we discussed with other developers no man's sky and whatnot uh yes it is important that you only get one launch and yeah they they flubbed the launch they they really screwed it up and they can't get that one back mm-hmm. but resilience says that they can put out patches they can make this game better and eventually get it in working order to a degree that's respectable so that then people can then just discuss how good the game is. Um, because right now there might be people who are loving their PC experience of the game, but those, those voices are getting, you know, drowned out by all the negativity behind the console version of it. And so if they can get it closer to that PC version, then maybe people will see that. See, will will once again, recognize the, um, 
all the strengths of CD Projekt Red and just the fact that they are still the company that made The Witcher 3 um, and they can continue to make better games moving forward. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's a year about survival and people coming out on top despite the, uh, the situation. And yeah, I'll, I'll take that. That's my takeaway from 2020, A-Dub. Yes. Well, we'd like to thank everybody for joining us for the 2020 Trolley Awards. Good night, baby. See you. This is controlled. Thanks for playing. Sucker.